Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, a statistics and sports podcast. I am your host, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corbin Heller. And uh, today we're going to be running through a couple different topics in the NFL and the MLB for today's stats episode. We'll be talking a bit about current things that have been going on in the NFL in regards to statistics, as well as uh, a little bit of news since we have a, a, a one kind of big update. And then we'll go we go be going over some free agent stuff with the MLB. You ready to dive into a core one? Baseball. That was a yes. <laughs> that as a yes. Yeah. Uh, so let's actually start with the the one news thing. Uh, neither of us have reached out to each other on Ron Rivera getting canned. Oh yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, this is kind of a surprise, honestly. Not that like the Panthers have been playing super well this season or last season or any point in time during his tenure aside from 2015, but it still seems like they haven't been such a wreck of a team that would warrant normally a coach being fired like you've been hearing um, fans of other teams wanting theirs to be gone. What, what do you think of it? Yeah, it's just it's one of those things where this is really just a change of scenery for both. Like we, we know Ron Rivera is a good coach. Uh, we know he was success, successful in Carolina, but defense just hasn't performed all year, uh, especially with Kwan Short out. Um, and I think it's just time for him to start over and for the Panthers to start over. And you know what? If it's going to happen, the earlier that you do it, the more, you know, likely chance you're going to be successful in finding, you know, a good coach um, because you're going to have so much longer to look. You'll be the first guys that can reach out to non NFL coaches because you can't really do that in season. Um, so I don't disagree with the need for it. It's just, man. I like Ron Rivera. I don't want to see him get canned, but I also know that he's going to have a head coaching job next season pretty much Likely wherever he wants to go. Hopefully in Dallas. I really hope fucking Jason Garrett gets the can because, oh my God, Jerry Jones needs to make that change. I am so just flabbergasted by the fact he hasn't yet. I, I get loyalty and all that, but it's absolutely insane. Uh, on the Ron Rivera front, inside my DNA. Sorry, <laughs> no, I, I I support this. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I don't think anyone's really wrong here. Ron Rivera is a really good head coach. That you know, some sometimes you just got to move shit around, you know. And uh, he just, I guess, kind of reached the end of his Carolina tenure. I don't think there's any Panthers fans that are going to be resentful of ron rivera the way cowboys fans will certainly be resentful of jason garrett but yeah and uh there'll be other teams that are looking to pick up ron rivera you know he's still going to be good at his job nothing was ever it was never chaos around the panthers they may have underperformed at times but there was never chaos so uh and that that's a big part of being the head coach Mm -hmm. and honestly I don't know how anyone, like you talked about chaos and, you know, hard feelings. I don't know how anyone in Carolina can look back and say, man, I wish we hired somebody other than Ron Rivera way back when. Dude took you to the Super Bowl. And man, when you think about the Carolina Panthers, that's not exactly a team where you think, oh, this team is set top to bottom to be able to build up a dynasty. No, like Ron Rivera did a fantastic job with this team over the past couple of years. And, you know, sometimes it just doesn't always work out. You know, messages 
get old guys just get too old to fit your system they just aren't the same players as they were and it's hard to find those kind of replacements and change of scenery isn't always you know a negative thing like we uh can sometimes paint it and this is uh kind of the perfect time for them to do it you know with cam newton down for the season so they're running on all backups so it's not like they have a shot at the playoffs really um underperforming due to external circumstances outside of ron rivera but still under underperforming nonetheless so you can kind of like i don't know justify in some sense but uh in case anyone's curious uh carolina panthers nfl rank in yards for their offensive yards 21st 4095 yards that puts them right below the eagles and right above the packers which is fascinating uh in terms of points for they are 14th uh they're tied with the lions 280 just above the titans at 276 so by all accounts they're just relatively uh a middling team offensively, which again makes sense because they are missing their uh, very, very good quarterback. So, you know, I just, uh, it's a tough break, but. So while we're on the topic, sorry to interrupt. Um, oh, that's fine. Where do you think Cam ends up next season? Do you think he stays with Carolina or do you see him getting moved to another team? I I really hope he stays with Carolina because I think he's still really fucking good and Carolina's not going to be low enough um or I guess high enough in the draft to get one of like the main quarterback guys and I'm not sure they even really need that right now because the the, the other parts of their team are are okay you know they probably need wide receiver help and lord knows every single team in the NFL needs o-line help but their defense isn't actually that bad I have their defensive uh points a, a four right here and they have Ooh. oh actually no that's that's not great they have allowed the seventh most points ish oh and the 11th most yards so their defense not looking great but regardless i i still think that they have enough pieces there to be a contender within a relatively reasonable frame of time frame which would because like they don't need a tank i don't think the panthers need to tank i think they need to retool um sorry for coughing but my way through that as you were talking i just drank some candle wax by accident oh it tastes so bad it wasn't hot or anything it was stuff that i spilled in my drink because i was moving a candle and did not see it i just drank it (laughs) it tastes as bad as you would imagine a little fruity you know wow okay Penn State, everyone um yeah i don't i don't think this is a team that needs to you know tear down and rebuild in any sense of the word um looking at cam's numbers next year um he's got a base salary of 18.6 million uh that's not unreasonable at all no that is very very reasonable um and then he has a cap hit of 21.1 with a 2 million dead cap if they do choose to uh, move on from him Man, like this is uh this is one of those situations where um you have a guy like Allen who's been able to come in and perform, you know, fairly well. Um definitely doesn't have the ceiling that Cam Newton does when he's healthy, but when Cam Newton's hurt, I mean Cam Newton's bad when he's hurt, uh when he doesn't have that mobility and just 
especially with a shoulder injury on a quarterback. Like it's just the accuracy hasn't been there. The power hasn't been there. Um, if they look at this uh, shoulder surgery that he just had uh, in a couple months before free agency really gets going and they think, man, this, this is not healing the way we want it to. We don't think you're going to be able to come back like this. They could move him and get some, you know, actual draft capital from this. They could cut him without really much of a, a fuss. Like $2 million in dead cap for a quarterback is nothing. Like, it is just, that's like a rounding error when it comes to, like, this kind of stuff. Like, it's, it's you know, it's nothing. So they have a lot of flexibility. I think uh, if he is healthy, but the Panthers still want to move, I think moving him to Chicago would be the dream for me. Oh, no, that would be fascinating. Him with that yeah. defense? Him with that defense, him with Matt Nagy, just you know, Chicago without Mitchell Trubisky. Win-win for everybody, except for Mitch. Ah, well, he doesn't He doesn't do a lot of winning anyway. Oh. No. Uh, speaking says. of NFC South teams, let's transition over to talking about the somehow second place, because this entire division is garbage, <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Did you realize that, by the way? I did not. That's Tampa and Carolina hilarious. are tied for second in the NFC South. They're both five and seven. That's so fucking funny. Meanwhile, Dallas is first in the NFC East at six and six. Yeah, I did see that. Ain't that, that, that some shit? It's just a joke. God, what a weird time to be uh, in the NFC. Anyway, um, so the I just reason... caught myself trying to drink from that fucking cup again. I'm so stupid. Dude, this is a bad look for us. <laughs> I know. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, over the course of the season, we've talked about it a lot. Pro Football Reference, which is one of our favorite resources for looking at football stats. Please give us money. Uh, have, mm -hmm. I've been adding a lot of advanced football stats. They've been keeping up with updating the pages as well as updating the stats. They've gotten really, really good with it, and they've added a whole bunch of uh, new shit. So one of the things they've added sometime over the course of the season, because I've seen it, but it wasn't here at the beginning, is intended air yards. So... We've talked about air yards before. That's strictly the amount of yards that the ball has traveled well in the air. So if a quarterback throws a ball to a wide receiver 10 yards downfield and then the wide receiver runs five yards further, the quarterback will get 15 passing yards. But he'll only get 10 air yards because the first 10 of those 15 yards were in the air. And that's what is that's that's strictly going to be looking at intended air yards is saying like all right so let's say the quarterback attempted um attempted a 10 yard pass and the wide receiver didn't catch it for whatever reason doesn't matter if it was a drop or uh the defensive back pad, it doesn't matter intended air yards will take all of the actual completions those regular air yards we already have and add in the uh, we tried for that, the incomplete pass air yards i'll put it that way incomplete pass air yards and all that would be intended air yards so this is basically just a metric of, all right, how much have you tried throwing? You know, how, how many yards altogether this season have you tried to throw the ball? And I wanted to see who had the most of that. And the answer is Jameis Winston by so, 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 so much. Oh, my by God. An astronomically large amount. By 600 yards. Right, um, so 620 yards separate him from second place and from to add. 
to take 620 yards away from second place, you would get all the way down to uh, what is that? Like ninth place. Yeah. It's a huge ninth amount. T- honestly, tenth or eleventh because there's not much difference there. Really, yeah, and I'm, really. And I'm not about to actually do the math, so no, don't care. Uh, so Jameis Winston this season has four thousand seven hundred fifty-nine air yards for three thousand six hundred fifty-nine actual yards, um, which is a difference of uh, what is eleven hundred, which is awful. awful oh my god what do you make of this oh man Jameis winston is just if you're a tampa fan he's awful to watch if you're a fan of the 31 other teams or just football in general he is hilarious because he's everything that's great and awful about football he just fucking slings it like he's goddamn Brett Favre, just tossing it up to, honestly, two of the best receivers in the NFL right now. Um, and, man, when he fails, he fails so spectacularly. It's so funny. It's it's honestly astonishing. You're right. He's Brett Favre without a lick of the skill that Brett Favre had. Uh, I wouldn't say, like, he's still talented, and he can still throw Is a he? pretty ball. He's just so inconsistent and makes such bad decisions that it makes him look like a goddamn, you know, just fool out there sometimes. Oh, my. He's just it's just so bad. Uh. (laughs) So, like, the, the second the second person on this list is Dak Prescott with forty one hundred thirty eight. Uh intended air yards for 3,788 actual yards, a difference of about 350, actually a difference of exactly 350, um, which is like, all right, like that kind of tracks, you know? So we're like, uh, what, 10, 12 games and probably like 12 games into the season at the time of, of, uh, of this recording. Yes. And so that difference of 350 yards is like about 30 yards per game. And if you told me that he, attempted 30 yards of passing that didn't end up being there uh per game that's like not even that bad that's whatever no that, that's that, like that's... one pass one deep pass yeah that's seriously it it's it's one not even a hail mary um Mm-mm. like it's that's really not outrageous at all 1100 is almost a hundred yards of pa- of incomplete passes for whatever reason per game that's a lot fucking insane that's the difference between throwing between getting like 250 team yards in the game and 350 team yards in the game and that's enormous Mm -hmm. and let's not forget that yards are basically compounding because every 10 yards gets you a new set of downs so that's just new opportunities so basically what that 100 yards is per game is that's also at least 10 more first downs about yeah but you also have to think man tampa's like not great so they're really like it's not like they're um what's a it's not like there's the Ravens offense where they're scoring on every drive and they're just racking up first down after first down after first down it's like their games when they are just straight up bad on offense which only highlights how deep he's throwing the ball and how much he's throwing just in order to get to these numbers Oh yeah, this is this is such a a chucking situation. Uh, would you like to guess 
where the buck how many drops the buccaneers have and where that ranks amongst teams um i'm gonna say that they're middle of the pack with like 15 uh, pretty close 15 is actually this season would be pretty good that would put them in or just out of the top five they have 19 team drops which is tied with um the broncos and the 49ers so a pretty disparate talent level there the <laughs> lead leaguer in uh team dropped passes is the carolina panthers with 26 so the buccaneers 19 puts them in uh one two three four five six eh, like middle of the fucking pack here because there's a bunch of ties along the way baltimore just, ravens only nine just saying just to ask where are the steelers on that list now um where are you Steelers? steelers have 21 Ooh. so the lower Ooh. end of middle of the pack erring towards not great yeah it's not 21 is not good also uh Jameis winston's passer rating plus per year so this is the indexed version of passer rating basically what that means is that you know everyone gets a passer rating we're, we're relatively familiar with this they throw it up during games a lot gets tweeted out a lot it's um it it a whole thing we've gone over on the show a bunch of times indexing is basically what we do whenever we talk about baseball ops plus wrc plus it's 100 is is baseline any amount over 100 you are that much percentage wise better than average any number below 100 you are that much percentage wise worse than average 105 five percent better than average 95 five percent worse than average james winston's seven percent worse than average oh thanks for letting me know james winston's uh, passer rating plus per year rookie year 92 not bad uh, for a rookie no not bad they'll take that 2016 his sophomore year 96 a uh, slight tick up 2017 103 we're really we're really trucking along here he's now slightly above average 2018 100 all right that's fine average 2019 87 yikes in a contract year 87 yikes he, so just looking at some oh man that is so bad looking at some other numbers uh his bad throw percentage is fourth worst in the nfl oh uh, with a 20.5 percent behind only mason rudolph matthew stafford and jared goff um, which means his on-target percentage, uh, it's not directly correlated, but his on-target percentage is 71%, which is fifth worst. Uh, behind That's awful. Mason Rudolph, Carson Wentz, uh, Baker Mayfield, and Matthew Stafford. Man, what the fuck's up with Stafford this year? I don't know, man. I really don't know. Might have to dig into that one of these days. Let's check out drop percentage. Oh, wow. Teddy Bridgewater's drop percentage is 8.6%. What? That's enormous. All right. Yeah, we're we're just we're getting away from things. Also, I don't usually actually not I don't usually I never do this, but you know what Jameis Winston's record is as quarterback? Oh god, what? 26 and 40. Ooh. Yeah, That's he weird. has one winning season. He went nine and seven in twenty sixteen. The other seasons six and ten, three and ten, <sighs> three and six, five and seven. Yeah, he's not great. Uh, 
All right, so like, can we just agree that we're just trying to pile on Jameis Winston right now? So th- this begets my next question of what the fuck happens with Jameis Winston next year? Because well, I really can't imagine the Bucks picking up his contract for, the, so for his extension. Or before, option, sorry. before we move on to that, I have one more thing I want to comment on. He yep. has the second most sacks of all quarterbacks this year behind only Kyler Murray. 40. Oof, oof. All right, Not now great. we can move on. No, 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 no. So He's what's Tampa's plan? 182 times. Jesus. All right, sorry. Uh, Tampa, honestly, I think has to move on. Um, keeping him there as a backup might not be the worst thing. You could probably sign him for not a whole lot of money because he's just been so bad the past couple of years. But honestly, if I'm the GM, I don't think I want him in that building just because I don't want to have to deal with the issue of, hey, if our rookie quarterback next year or free agent quarterback next year struggles, I don't want to even have to have the talk of, should we put Jamison? Jameis knows the offense. Should we put him in? Oh, like, yeah. You, you can't, don't want that. You can't have that kind of second-guessing BS. Like, um, it's not, you know, one-to-one, but what's going on in um, Jacksonville right now? Yeah. Yeah, that's an unfortunate like situation. Foles, draft a guy in Minshew. One gets hurt. The other performs well. Original guy comes back. You bench the rookie. Starter now struggles. You put the rookie back in. Like it's just flip flopping back and forth, kind of like uh, the Giants last year too. Yeah, and did you see that Eli is apparently supposed to start on Sunday now? Yeah, Daniel Granted, Jones because of hurt. an injury, but yeah. Yeah, uh, I actually got a text from a Giants fan today, laughing hysterically at that uh, tweet. Uh, just like I can't fucking watch him play again. I can't watch the game this week. I can imagine it's going to be tough, um, but I also don't care. <laughs> oh, well. I agree. Yeah. Real quick, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, he is currently 27th in um, intended air yards at 2,371. Do you know how many actual yards uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has? No. 2,896. He has 525 more passing yards than he does intended air yards. That's, man, that's bad. Uh, Honestly, like, no, I, I, so that's what I was going to ask you. Or is that bad on his receivers, too? Well, no, no, no. I I think that his receivers are thriving. I I was saying, I don't think this is bad on Garoppolo. I think this is amazing on the coaching and the receivers. Just think about this. His receivers have outperformed his air yards, not even air yards based on completions, air yards based on intentions by over 500 yards. They basically stole 500 yards. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. No, I get so that really speaks to Shanahan. And that also really speaks to his wide receivers because they are. We already mentioned they have the fewest drops in the NFL. They haven't even hit double digits yet, um, which is nuts. And oh no, sorry, that's the Ravens. My bad. The um, where are the uh, the Niners? They have nineteen, so actually they're pretty middle of the pack in terms of drops. But they're they're just getting away with yards after yeah. the catch. So looking at this, he uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has thirteen hundred twenty nine completed air yards, and his receivers have fifteen hundred sixty seven yards after catch. That's amazing. 
Yeah. When meanwhile, Jameis Winston has twenty three hundred thirty two completed air yards, so over a thousand yards more, but only thirteen hundred twenty seven yards after catch. So two hundred less than the San Francisco receivers. This is that's, fascinating stuff. That's fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, these, I, I, Wonder if you can uh, you can call that I mean obviously you can call that efficiency but I uh, I'm I'm just so fascinated about like how you want to justify like like I wonder if we can if, if there's a way to create like an efficiency metric like 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 um quality of of, of pass based on efficiency you know what I'm saying because mm-hmm. each one of Jimmy Garoppolo's passes are getting are netting just an enormous benefit whereas each one of even Dak Prescott's passes which he still has like I mean, a ton of yards and his intended air yards are, aren't like, like we talked about, they're not outmatching his his actual passing yards by an egregious amount. I would have called that normal. And looking at the rest of this list, it does seem to be relatively normal. But I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo's efficiency per pass must be just lapping Dak Prescott's because he's getting so much production out of all of his passing attempts. All right. So I'm going to ask you a question on intended air yards per pass attempt. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is in the bottom bottom 10. I want you to guess where he is in the bottom 10 and who is behind him. Okay. Um, I'll say he's like third to last. 100% correct. Really? Yep. Third wow. to last. Exactly. Oh my god, I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> With 6.6 intended air yards per pass attempt. All right, so let's see who who sucks this year. Um uh I I will so, give you a hint. You will never fucking guess these. All right, then you know what? Just tell me. um one of them is Teddy Bridgewater of the oh. New Orleans Saints with okay. 6.2. The other is Drew Brees of the New Orleans Saints with 6.5. Now that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, never would have thought Drew Brees would be down there. I huh. mean, if you look at the guys just ahead of him, you guys, you have like Derek Carr, Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton. Uh, now, those Kim. are names I was trying yeah. to guess. Yeah, those are names you would expect to be at the bottom of this list, not Drew Brees. Yeah, no, I would definitely not pick Drew Brees. That's okay. <laughs> uh. So uh, just just to pivot over to to the other side of the ball for a second, unless you have anything else to say about Jameis Winston and and how perplexing he is as 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 a football player, um, would you have thought five years ago that first and second overall picks Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota would probably not be starting in the NFL for their to start off their second contracts? Jameis Winston, I actually could have seen if you told me that he had a pretty rocky first year. Um, there was a lot of questions surrounding not just him, but like the makeup of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they're a historically bad team. Uh, Mariota would have really surprised me. Right. Um, yeah, I really wanted him as, as a Jets fan because we were kind of in like the, the, the tankathon race to get him. And he started off his career much better than, um, uh, uh Jesus fucking Christ, Josh, Jameis Winston. So I, I actually would have been rather surprised at that one. Yeah, I mean, I had such a, a hard on for Mariota coming out 
I definitely never would have seen him. I would have thought he'd be closer to, you know, where like Russell Wilson is right now than where he actually is backing up Ryan Tannehill. Um, Jameis, Jameis was such a boomer bust. He had so many issues coming out. It's one of those things where he was the first overall pick, Heisman Trophy winner, national champion. You expected him to be really good, but you also knew in the back of your head, okay, there's a decent chance he absolutely implodes and is awful. He's been the better quarterback out of the two, uh, statistically. I mean, I know he has just so many more turnovers. It's hilarious, but he can throw the ball better and he could just he takes those shots downfield that you want to see. And um, if either of the two have a better chance or have a decent chance to start for a team next year, it's him. But man, it's, it's honestly kind of hilarious how far both of these guys have fallen since the draft. Uh, the bears have cut Mitchell Trubisky and add Marcus Mariota. That's my hot take. I really, I don't know how I feel about that because on one hand it's like, all right, moving on from Trubisky, fantastic. Replacing him with Mariota is like, is that really an improvement? You know, especially Real in the quick, long term. Marcus Mariota, as long as we're on the subject, passer rating plus by season, um, rookie year one hundred three, pretty fucking good for a rookie. It's tough. Second year one ten, twenty seventeen eighty six. Although uh, he had a winning record that year, which is hilarious. Um, 2018, back up to 103. 2019, actually 99, which feels weird because this was a, a certainly a rocky year for him. Um, he's always been good with yards. He's always been um, above average in yards, barring his 2017 campaign where he was basically average. Uh, net yards per attempt, he's been kind of up and down average adjusted yards per attempt he's been usually pretty solid but touchdown percent he's been um pretty negative recently interception percent he's been he was really bad this year getting oh sack percent jesus christ he uh definitely has taken way more hits than he needs to so i i, I personally think he still has it in him but he's got to prove it are we talking about Mariota? Yeah. Okay. I was confused for a second. Like I wasn't, I lost, I didn't lose track, but like I, I got confused, man. That's all I can say. That's okay, bud. You drank candle wax. <laughs> I, I did drink candle wax. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to say about the NFL? Um, any other we're, news three quarters of, we're three quarters of the way through it and I miss it already because I know it's not going to last. It never does. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, let me go hit up uh pro football or uh, not pro football reference, but uh never mind, fuck it. Whatever. I'm fucking losing my goddamn mind over here. That's okay. Let's talk about baseball. Ooh, actually I do have something. Who's the What's next coach to be fired? Ooh. Um it's gotta be Jason. Please make it Jason Garrett. I don't even like the Gary Cowboys. Jones has been so adamant he's not gonna like make a decision right now. Did you see his like his um, weird ass quote where it was like Jason Garrett will certainly be a head coach in the NFL next season? <laughs> no, not saying for the Cowboys. That was hilarious. You didn't see that? No, who's tweeted it? 
Jerry Jones said it in an interview. Oh, Jerry Jones said it? Yeah. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, he said he said something to the effect of Jerry Jones or um Jason Garrett will definitely be coaching in the NFL next season. But he did not say for the Cowboys. <laughs> um, I would love if he gets fired. Um I think Freddie Kitchens is getting kind of close to that hot seat, uh, especially if they really fall apart at the end of the season and don't show any improvement. Um, that roster think, is so uh, much better than how they're playing. Yeah, I think Dan Quinn's going to be looking um, for what a new job he? next year. He's the Falcons head coach. Oh, yeah. They've just been so bad this year. Yeah. Especially on defense, and he is a former defensive coordinator. Like, he's help start the legion of boom and he just can't fix that atlanta defense um doug marona the jaguars probably yep certainly on the hot seat um i don't know maybe like pat Shermer in new york what do you think about um what's the name of the guy that coaches the um the chargers anthony uh anthony lynn anthony lynn i really hope he doesn't get canned because i happen to really like him but i'm worried I don't think he will. I think uh, I think everyone, like absolutely everyone, knows it's really not his scheming, play calling, coaching, whatever that's causing the Chargers to self destruct every year. It's injuries. It's you know Philip Rivers being sixty years old now. Um, I've heard nothing but good things about Anthony Lynn, so I really don't think his seat's that hot. Real quick, and then we can move on uh, from the NFL. But you know what's weird? Um, the Rams are seven and five. And if you if you had asked me what the record was, I probably would have said the inverse because yeah. um, I forgot they won like a bunch of games. Man, they have just looked so unbelievably Awful. bad this year. Yeah, and and they they have the, the, it's because like they're a third in their division because the. Um, the Niners and the Seahawks are both good and they're both having phenomenal seasons. And so they're getting kind of forgotten about, but like that, uh, I mean, that's not an awful, they won't make the playoffs. Oh, actually, uh, they probably will make the playoffs. That's what's crazy. Cause every other here, here's the second place team in the NFC, um, conference by record, uh, NFC East second place team is the Eagles five and seven, the North it's the Minnesota, um, uh, Vikings eight and four. Oh, so they will miss the playoffs. Tampa Bay is the second place team in the NFC South, five and seven, and the NFC West second place team is Seattle ten and two. So the Rams uh, at third place in the NFC West actually aren't like super far out of it, but wow, does it feel like they are? Mm-hmm. They have to improve next year because man, like this has just been such a bad season for them. But like, f- fuck, dude, the Rams like. They don't have any draft capital the next year. I was going to say, years. they have to improve next year because they have no option not to. Yeah. Like, I they, don't know. They like gambled on their future to be set up for a um a dynasty, and they do not have it. Yeah, like, individually, these trades, as they come in, seem like they could be really great. But as more and more of them just stop panning out, it's just, it's like all coming together. Like, these guys are in serious trouble like oh god it's gonna be bad for them if they can't figure this out with uh with free agency and um with players just naturally improving yeah i um 
they're in such a tough fucking spot, and they're not going to get back what they gave up for those people in the slightest. No, I'm not unless they want to start talking about trading away Aaron Donald, which is going to have to become a conversation. If if next year isn't better, then yeah. Um, let me look up their future draft picks. I bet it's uh, not look, a lot. Look that up somewhere. And uh, in 2020, they don't have a first round pick. They don't have what? How the fuck is this set up? What? Okay, so they don't have a first round pick. They have two fifth round picks, and that's it. And then 2021, they don't have a first, fourth, or fifth round pick. Oof. So they don't have the their next two first round picks. And they're missing a bunch of mid-round picks in there as well. So their team is what it is. Yeah. Wow, what a poorly set up website, by the way. I'm not even going to say the name of them because they definitely don't deserve it. (laughs) All right. right. It's Um, like a 1998 HTML website. Oh, that's not good. Sorry. Uh, Anyway, shall we talk about baseball? Yeah, let's talk about baseball. I like actually uh one more thing. Uh before I said that Cam Newton just had shoulder surgery. Uh that was incorrect. He had foot surgery. I just wanted to correct that oh, before that's right. none of our listeners reach out about it because we don't have any. Oh, shut up about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are we we are still getting a steady stream of uh a mix of exciting and, and uninteresting free agent signings. Uh most recently today it was announced that Cole Hamels has signed a one-year, $18 million deal with Atlanta, uh, basically taking the place of Dallas Keuchel. So, yeah, uh, very big, especially because he was heavily tied to the White Sox as a way of shoring up their rotation along with um, Steve, uh, no, Zach Wheeler. Yeah, Zach, no. Yeah, Zach Wheeler. Uh, so, granted, Zach Wheeler is still an option for the White Sox and would be a huge addition to them. Uh, Cole Hamels officially off the market now sent to the Braves, who thus far have spent the most this offseason, just if anyone's curious. They Braves have signed four players, totaling $76.8 million this offseason. Uh, they are the only team to have in the top five to have signed more than one player. Second place is the White Sox with $73.0 million uh, because they have a free agent signing and an extension. Uh, but we thought we could look at what players have signed for AAV and compare that to the war that they put up in recent times to see how it uh, how it compares. Yeah, okay. I'm in. So, Yasmani Grandal, we've talked about before. Um, he intentionally has been signed, has signed a one-year contract last year with the Brewers as a way to maintain his high AAV. As I said, it's in service to himself as well as to his fellow catchers. And he has just signed his four-year uh, $73 million contract, um, $18.25 million per year. In the last three years, Yasmani Grandal has accumulated eight war. So let's take eight and divide it by three. So we get an average of 2.67 war per year. And with his $18.25 million per year salary, how much does that make one war worth? Please don't ask me to do math right now. <laughs> uh, I got gotcha. you. 
6.84 million dollars that's not that much i thought it would be no not uh one more yeah we uh, did we do an entire episode on this how much is war worth yeah but we use fan graphs estimates which don't always come out to being real life true this Um, is real life yeah so that's interesting um because that's not a lot of money especially out of at a position that's rather coveted in catcher mm-hmm. what do you th- what do you make of that 6.84 million dollars per war uh per- i think if you could find a catcher that can consistently put up the kind of numbers that yasmani grandal does when it comes to producing war um it's absolutely worth it i know catcher can be pretty volatile sometimes um gary sanchez is a good example oh Um, makes me sad i know but um yeah i mean he's been so consistent for so so long let me pull up his numbers um he has 16.1 total career war yeah just looking at this uh three of the last four years he's had an ops of over 815 um hasn't had an under 728 ops uh, except for his second season in 2013, uh, when he only had 108 plate appearances, so um, it's not like he's ever been a tremendously bad hitter, and he's always been so fucking good at defense that it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Plus, his um, his offensive output and his war total war production has been incre- increasing incrementally. Uh, granted, his 2018 season was the best season thus far, so his 2019 season was a tad worse than it. He's still been the he's been hit. He's hitting his prime. I wouldn't be worried about him. But 6.8 per per WAR is uh, I don't know, just a little bit low. But I guess that's just kind of what it is nowadays, you know. And I bet a lot of uh, free agents are scared, not wanting to to fall victim to traps that beset. Guys like oh Mike Mustakis also on this list. Um, Before so we go I, into the details, how do you feel about Mike Mustakis playing second base? Oh, I feel fine about it. That's usually a position people move over to once they've um, gotten a little bit older and a little bit slower. Because he's going from third, which is a much more intensive position than um, than second. Second, you don't have to have the range. Like usually. Um, I don't want to say bad shortstops, but like less defensively viable shortstops will go to second and sometimes third baseman, though it's not as common. So we don't usually think of them as being big dudes. It's still kind of weird, but it's usually because they were shortstops that got moved over, mm-hmm. not third baseman. So, I mean, it's not like Mike Moustakis is a small third baseman, though. He's six foot. 225 pounds yeah he's a big he's a big boy he's huge and he's just turned 31 so it's not like he's a spring chicken anymore either no but also he's a he's a really good defender you know uh yeah he's put up i I know we we've constantly maligned defensive numbers but we'll use them when we need to and he has one season with a negative defensive value in general everything else aside from that is positive he was Uh, an all-star that season yeah, funny enough. <laughs> I bet he crushed the ball. Was that 2017? Um, yeah. yeah, that's a pretty good year. Do you want to know a fun fact about Mike Moustakis? I do. 
His uh, birthday is September 11th. That's not fun at all. Nope. <laughs> that wasn't even remotely fun. I never said I was being honest about that part. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> so let's see. Mike Moustakis's war in the last three years is um, 5.7. So 5.7 divided by three gives us an average of 1.9 war per year. And he signed on for a $16 million AAV contract. So we'll take $16 million divided by 1.9. So it's about, it's about $8.5 million per war. 18? Which is 8.42. Oh, okay. I was like, oh my God, how does that change so much? But no, 8, eight makes uh, a good amount of sense right there. So... He, um, second baseman, I guess we can say right now, are getting paid a higher uh, dollar amount per war than catchers. Yeah. Which they're is valuing second base war more anyway. Interesting. Weird. Man, this is something we could really, you know, break into. Not break into, but get into, like, what we pay per war per position. So where do we value that value? Yeah, it'd be like instead of the the uh, PWRC plus episode we basically started the show with, it'd be like P war, positional war. All right, so here's a message to Josh in the future when you listen back to this. Um, write that down. <laughs> yeah, will do, pal. All right, real <laughs> quick, I want to jump down a, a smidge here in this list to look at Travis Darno since we're talking about catchers already. Uh, because this is going to be interesting. So Travis Darnot signed a one-year con, no, a two-year, sixteen million-dollar contract. Yeah, uh, for eight million per year. Travis Darnot, pretty new on the scene in terms of being a viable starting catcher. Um, over the last three seasons, he has negative zero point three WAR, zero nice. WAR, and one point four. Oh, sorry, they split up his twenty nineteen year. Oh, sorry. So his last three years is negative 0.1, negative 0.3, and 1.4 war for one war in the last three years. So, He's really improving. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Um. So that's are you, it, what. Are you sure? Because right here it says Travis Darno has 2.3 over the last three years. Yeah, I don't know why it says that over there because in their own. If you go thing, to like his actual. I'm in his baseball reference page and it doesn't say that, which feels very odd. Um, so I don't know where they got that one from. Baseball reference. Are oh, I wrong? see what happened. Oh, never mind. I see what happened. I'm, I, I, man, they really split up this one in a really weird fucking way. All right. Yeah. I don't know why his um, player value tab is such a bizarre fashion. They're right. Okay. I got it. I figured it out. I'm the smart one here. Uh, <laughs> so 2.3 over the last three years gives him an average war per year of 0.77, we'll say. And he is earning $8 million per year. So they're paying $8 million for the prospect of 0.77 war. So he's getting paid. Well, that's just fascinating. Uh, 10.389, 10.4 war. Uh, ten point four million dollars per war, because he has he has less than one. Yeah, that's not good. 
That's like, so I, weird. I know, uh, man, I don't even know how to put a positive spin on that. That's just kind of real shitty. Especially, like, if you pay $10 million per war for, like, Mike Trout, okay, you're going to be getting a lot of war. So, all right, you pay a premium to get that in one player. So, you know, if you're looking at it as just accumulating a certain number of war as a team in order to succeed, you're saving roster spots and whatnot. You're, you know, consolidating value. When it's with a guy like Travis Darno, who's going to be like maybe your starting catcher, more likely to be your backup. Why? Yeah, especially because, like, you know, like we just said, Yasmin and Grandal is getting paid. The 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 uh, White Sox are paying him six point something. I think six point four yeah. or something like that per WAR. That's so much more reasonable as a rate. And now let's make it even more interesting. By looking at Jan Gomes, because Jan Gomes has also got a two-year contract, but his was for $10 million, so he's only making $5 million per year. Jan Gomes, in the last three years, has put up 5.1 wins above replacement, so 5.1 divided by three gives him an average war per year of 1.7. All right, so $5 million, 1.7 war. That's just a just just under three million dollars per per war. So the Braves made a bizarre choice by giving Travis Darno this much money. Either that, or Jan Gomes and Yasmani Grandal severely went under their value. Yeah, I mean, how old is Travis Darno now? Thirty one. I don't know, man. I can, still can't. Facing over, the same over age as Grandal and one year yeah. younger than Jan Gomes. Yeah, I just can't get over the idea of paying that kind of premium for an old, not good catcher. I mean, I'd be I'd hard pressed to call him old, uh, but he is a catcher. They break down pretty quick. At yeah. least tail end of prime, we'll call it. That's uh, fair. And he, I, you know, you have to know, I'm still very biased about. You know, coming from the football side of things, where thirty-one seems ancient to me for that. Yeah, so I read the Adam Wainwright thirty-eight's pretty trippy. Yeah, or the fact that Cole Hamels just got eighteen million dollars at thirty-six. How long was his uh, deal for? Two years. Cole Hamels one year. Yeah, I would not want to sign him longer than one year. Hell, yeah. If I could sign him to half a year, if I could, that'd be pretty ideal. Just a month per month basis. Just keep picking him up as needed. Put him on the hourly salary, not salary hourly rate. All right, all right, Cole, you're gonna get paid per per inning. <laughs> Gets paid per pitch. That'd be pretty uh, cool. That no, would because be pretty that, cool. That, that could be abused because it's like, all right, if I'm getting paid per pitch, let's just throw a lot of walks. <laughs> oh, that's true. All Try right. to get as many full counts as we can. So, how about like per out? Does that make more sense? Yeah, I could see that. Okay. Uh, all right. Real, real quick, just as a side note, Cole Hamill's uh, career WAR is fifty nine point six. So as long as he gets zero point four, actually, that's actually a lot higher than I was expecting. Um, really? Yeah. I don't. I don't know why. I don't have a good reason for why I thought that. Yeah, I don't either. But if if next year if he gets at least zero point four WAR, that puts him above sixty which is usually a pretty good barometer for when guys make the Hall of Fame. Um, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but is Cole Hamels with 
no Cy Youngs, um, one World Series win, World Series MVP, and NLCS MVP, four-time All-Star, and uh, the only black ink he has is uh, he led the league in shutouts once and whip once. Is he going to go to the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, Hall of Very Good, sure, but I don't think he's Hall of Fame material. Yeah, I agree with that pretty perfectly. Me, me and all of my baseball wisdom and expertise. Nah. I don't, it, it's, it's tough for a pitcher to go to the Hall of Fame without uh, a Cy Young. You yeah, know, and if he if if for the pitchers that do do it, it's usually like you know you're a Mo kind of guy, where you you know or like didn't a have Chris Sale. Oh, uh, he has a oh no, he doesn't have a sign. That's right, he's the weird case. Yeah, like Chris Sale, who's top five every year and just keeps getting edged out. Um, uh, I don't know. It'd be it'd be super weird if he did. But a- a- anyway, so Cole Hamels in the last three years has put up nine point seven wins of a replacement, which on average means he's been worth. Three point, well, let's say two three war per year. So his eighteen million dollars this upcoming season means that they're projecting to pay him uh five point five seven million dollars per war. I think that's pretty fucking reasonable. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I was looking up uh Hall of Fame pitchers who never won a Cy Young award. Any notable names? Um, there's six of them. Really, only six. That's amazing. But the only uh consistent place I can find it is on Sporkle, and I don't know if I can trust it. Oh, you don't. You don't. <laughs> I don't trust Sporkle it very often at all. So, like, it's the only one that gave me a specific number of like the Venn diagram of Hall of Fame Cy Young winners and like or non-Saw Young winners and all that. Um, man, I don't know. Like Guys like Goose Gossage, a bunch of names I don't know. Mike Messina never won a Saw Young. That's right. He was another one of those weird Oh, cases. Nolan Ryan. Yeah, that's right. I don't know how we forgot that. Kurt Schilling is one. Don Sutton. Um, let's see. Juan Marchal. Bert Blevlin. Oh yeah, Bert Blylevin. Blylevin, jeez, I'm bad enough with names. Don't give me that thing, Phil Neagro. Yeah, that, that, that name is all <laughs> consonants. Yeah, like I looked over it and tried like saying it in my head, and it was like I, I'm gonna rethink this. Yeah, Blylevin. If, if you say it enough times, you start adding an L to Bert, it all of a sudden becomes Blurt Blylevin. <laughs> oh God, imagine having like a lisp trying to say that name. Blurt. Oh, oh no, I'm not even gonna attempt it. Imagine being Mike Tyson in general. <laughs> uh, did Cy Young win it? He tried. He really did, but uh, never, never quite got it. Do you so think he was was he alive when uh, they created the Cy Young Award? No, they they got uh, it. Oh. It was made in part to commemorate his pa- uh, his life okay. after he passed. Yeah, I could just see him like standing in his kitchen, just like handing himself just like a little silver metal that's plastic like there you go Cy you won one too I won the Cy Young Award I have the Cy Young Award yeah he just looks in the mirror I every day I've mentioned this before um, but the Cy Young Award if you ever look at it is hilarious um, it's actually an inside joke so 
do you have a picture of the Cy Young Award in front of you? Uh, no, but I have access to the internet. So yeah, go ahead and look it up. Ten seconds. Well, that's a pretty long Google. My Google says it found it in zero point eight three. Uh, zero point six three actually. Ah, what a shame! Right, so Cy Young Award got it in right in front of me. All right. So what grip <laughs> is the pitch in? Uh, before I say anything, this is one of the stupidest looking awards I've ever seen. I mean, you don't like this exceedingly dangerous looking award? <laughs> no, like, uh, have you ever watched the league? Yeah, of course. You know how Andre falls on the, uh, on the Dre? Yeah. It looks like this is a serious, you know, like, this thing will go up your butt in a very aggressive manner type award. Luckily, it's a plaque and not a standalone trophy, but still. Um, all right. So it's not a fastball, uh, figures. Is it a two seamer? It's nothing. It's absolutely it's nothing. nothing. The, 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 yeah. the, thing, the fingers aren't on seams. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, like, it looks like it might be able to just get on, like, the, uh, the two seams when they come together, but it's not on anything. Yeah. That, that's the joke. Is that it's just a load of nothing. Why would they design it like that? Um, because it's funny. I, I mean, I, I, I've seriously yeah. heard that this is just this. This is just like an inside baseball fucking joke. Like that that the Cy Young Award isn't. Now I'm looking at some old ones, and some old ones actually do seem to have the fingers on, on the seams like a fastball. But by and large, a lot of them don't. Actually, it's weird. Now I'm looking, at, and some of them do, and some of them don't. This is fucking weird. Because I've yeah. heard I've We're heard like David Cohn talk about on a lace. Yeah, it, it's looking more like a slider grip in some parts because I've heard David Cohn talk about it and he's like, yeah, it's not on anything. That's the joke of it. Um, but I'm, as I'm looking through, like some of them actually do. How intriguing. Huh. Huh. Who makes the fucking Cy Young Award? Who's your quality, uh, quality assurance chief? Maybe, maybe they make it for the guy. Like you get a, you get a pick. That'd be pretty cool. If yeah. it's like they put the, uh, your best pitch on there. Now that would be awesome. That would be pretty fucking cool. Or if it was a trophy that like you look at it and it's like, oh, that looks like it was for something important, not just like something you get from like the American Legion for being in it for like 10 years. It is just it's such an ugly looking trophy. But it's classic. It's a national treasure. Like at least with like a silver slugger, they give you a fucking bat. Like, uh, what's the equivalent? Would they give you a ball? Would they hand you a silver plated strikeout? Yeah, like the silver slugger, you get a fucking bat. Gold glove, you get a glove. For the Cy Young, you get that fucking plaque. Uh, so real quick, uh, just, just so we can move along, Kyle Gibson signed a three-year, thirty million dollar contract with the Texas Rangers. That's an AAV of ten million dollars. In the last three years, Kyle Gibson has accumulated four point seven wins above replacement. Uh, so on average, 1.57 uh, war per year. Uh, that means that they are paying him $6.7 million per war, which also seems pretty fucking good. So that's also relatively in line with what Cole Hamels is getting, uh, maybe a million dollars more. So let's extrapolate that out to what you think. Um, who is another starting pitcher here? Um, who hasn't signed yet? Aside from the big guys, Hunjin Ru. The big guys. Hunjin Ru. 
So okay. uh, he has 9.4 war the last three years. That's an average war of 3.13. So let's split the difference and say he earns uh, $6 million per war. Do you okay. see Hunjin Ru getting $18.8 million AAV? Yes. Um, let's put that over three years. It's a three-year $56.4 million contract. That's actually really not unreasonable. Yeah, I mean, he is 33, so he's getting up there. Um, so why I would say three some, years probably the max. Yeah, he has some injury history. Um, I mean, when was the last time he was actually fully healthy for a full season? Um, I think this year's the only year he's done it. Yeah, and he was even hurt a little bit this year. He missed uh, maybe a start or two. Uh, probably a few since he pitched 29 games instead of a uh, thing of fully yeah. healthy season is like 32 to 35. Yeah, I was going to say 35. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's fair. Man, yeah. Did he come over from the KBO? He, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, he's Korean. Yeah. Uh, a lot shorter career than I would have thought. Yeah, in, in part because he's just spent, yeah, like you said, a lot right. of time in the KBO. KBO. All right, so now let's extrapolate that out to one of the big guys. All right, uh, let's start with Strasburg so we can work our way up to Cole. So Strasburg, actually with more war than Cole over the last three years because it's Cole's resurgence has been, uh, or not resurgence, but kind of, I don't know. Why do, you think that is, why do you think that is, Josh? Is it because he left the Pirates? <laughs> well, you know, the quality of life increases dramatically after you leave the state of the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, uh, so Strasburg has garnered 15.7 war over the last three years. That's 5.23 war per season, which is fucking ridiculous. So let's take that 5.23 war and give him that same AAV of $6 million per uh, or that same uh, average value spent per war of $6 million. That's an AAV of $31.4 million. And I would also say that's pretty on the nose, maybe a little bit lower, yeah. Uh, yeah, but not by higher. too much. No, I, I, I think he would get paid higher. I think that this 31.4 is probably a little bit lower than what he's looking for. Right. I think he's looking at like 33 to 35. Yeah. I would say 30. Yeah, probably 33. Because I think that 35 is going to be for... Uh, Cole for for Cole, yeah. But actually, that that I don't hate that. That's not awful. I don't either. But, I don't but, hate that one bit. Well, it's going to ruin. Well, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was, was just talking to talk. Okay. <laughs> What's going to ruin this though is Garrett Cole because he's definitely not going to fit the bill here because, um, everyone wants to pay for current years Garrett Cole not what he did over the last three years because he has actually less war, as I said, than Strasburg over the last three years, 14.6 to um, 15.7. So I'm actually going to take um, his last two years where he has, yeah, 5.2 and 6.9. So let's take five, um, 5.2 plus 6.9. Uh, and then I'll add in, let's say, another six wins for a third year, uh, just to call it kind of an average. It's eighteen point one WAR, which I like a little bit better. That's probably what everyone's kind of more bit more so banking on since he's become what he is now. I think it's a little bit more fair to Garrett Cole. I'd agree and with that. That puts him at an 
average war per year of 6.03 and multiplying that by what we're saying uh pitcher dollar amount per war currently is at least looking like thus far and that gets him 36.2 million dollars aav um i don't quite think he gets there um that's certainly ballpark right there yeah because just because i don't think any pick like no pitches are at 36 nobody's broken 36 yet right scherzer's at like 35 i believe the record is still um zach ranky and he's close um i think he's 35.4 was what his record was but do, 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 do. yeah i'm trying to find on i'm also on spot trigger 34.1 <laughs> i think is what it was yeah 34 four, one, six. yeah so that's uh, the record so scherzer has to be higher no because scherzer had 35 so actually it's um his adjusted salary is 34 his payroll salary is 35 million yeah, so Max Scherzer's payroll salary thirty five nine hundred. Oh, so honestly, Garrett Cole probably going to break thirty six then, and breaking it by three hundred thousand dollars is pretty reasonable, yeah, right? Yeah. Damn, okay. If only, if only, uh, you know, MLB teams did this kind of analysis when they're trying to figure out how much to pay a prospect or not a prospect, a player. Yeah, I think that if we if we nail those two numbers, and I'll write them down after I listen to this episode again because I didn't write them down right now. Yeah. Um, I I think we should be legally granted uh, GM ship of the Pirates. All right, I I need us to do something before we move on. Um, don't think I didn't hear that Pirates slant because fuck you. Um, so. Jonas Cespedes and Albert Pujols are making twenty nine point five and twenty nine million dollars in twenty twenty. Wow! Um, how much is that per WAR for the past three years? Like their three year average? Because wow, would be fuck. This is gonna be so bad. I already All know right. Jonas Cespedes is you know an infinite number because he barely by, can't divide by zero, Josh. All right, so hold hold on one second. Let's start with Albert. Oh, Albert, no. All right, I'll, uh, I'll look up Jonas then. Albert Albert Pujols says will be negative because in 2017 he had a negative 1.9 WAR season, and in 2018 it was 0.5, and 2019 it was 0.4. So he's negative one WAR over the last three years. Um, so that the math won't even the basic arithmetic we're using won't even work. Um, <laughs> so. Eesh, yeah, I, um, I could give him the Garrett Cole Oof. treatment and just give him a third year that's different to make the numbers better. Give him like I a mean, half a war season. Sure, why not? Um, all right. So, or give him point one. I all right. I could give him zero zero point one. So that gives him uh one war in the last three years. Um, and how much is he expected to make? Uh, he's going to make $29 million. Okay. Um, next year, right? That's one year. Yeah. That means <laughs> per war, they are paying him $87 million. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that is... Uh, How... <laughs> All right, so uh, what would Mike Trout's contract be at that rate? $87 million per war? 
Yeah, just multiply it. By, so $870 million a year. Hold on. I want to be accurate with this. Mike <laughs> Trout. All right. Uh, I'm pulling it up. Over the last three years, um, player value. There we go. He has 8.3, 10.2, and oh, that's weird. 6.6. Oh, he was hurt that he year. Was hurt. Yeah. Um, so 25.1 which means on average 8.36 times $87 million uh, means that he would have been worth $727.9 million. Do the Angels have that kind of money? I'm not sure Art Moreno has that money. Or no, he doesn't. Own, yeah, he owns the Angels. Yeah, I think. Or is he the Orioles? I, I don't know, man. One of those two is the Orioles. One of the, or he's had the, it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, yeah, give me uh, what was what was Giannis Cespedes? So, uh, did not play in 2019, so I guess we'll just skip over that. Um, had a war of 0. 0.9 in 2018, 2.2 2 in 2017, and 3.1 in 2016. When he finished eighth in MVP voting with an all star yeah. and a silver slugger, when he's healthy, he's a legitimately good player. Yeah. Uh, what was his? What's well, how much is he making again next year? Twenty nine million. Twenty nine flat. Yeah. Oh shit! I just fucked that up. Hold on one second. It was uh that plus that that is zero point nine divided by three times twenty nine million, and that's so they are paying him <laughs> just under sixty million dollars per war. Fuck. <laughs> now let's take let's add in his zero war for 2019. So that means he got 2.2 war for 2017, plus the 0 0.9 war for 2018, plus zero war for 2019. It's 3.1 war divided by three is 1.03 war per year. Um, and now let's find out how much they're paying him per war. Um, uh, oh. Ooh, it's it's a lot. <laughs> oh, actually, no, they're paying him twenty nine million dollars, twenty thirty million dollars per war. Yeah, that's awful. That's uh, less than ideal. That's uh, not that's quite really... Albert Pujols bad, but no, Albert Pujols is eighty seven so, millions ridiculous. So bad. Yes, Monty Grandal is getting paid like five and a, or six and a half million dollars yeah. per war. And, you know, well, you're going to this is going to get paid thirty. I wonder why uh, Yasmani Grandal's really trying to bump that AAV for catchers. Jesus Christ. Holy fuck. That's bad. Ooh, man. All uh, right. This is why I'm so upset that I missed out on Albert Pujols' prime. Because this is what I'm most likely going to remember him as. Which, you know what? I'm okay with. I, I love I don't him. think I am. I, I want to remember him as being better than this. I'm happy with what we got. I like Alfred Pools. Even though he's not great anymore. He's not he's barely good anymore. I still like Alfred Pools. <laughs> he just seems like he's having a great time. Alright. Uh I say we get on out of here. Yeah, I have class, so I gotta leave. All right. Well, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Juicing Pod. You want to hit us up via email, you can do so at juicing the numbers at gmail.com. If you want to find show notes, do so at juicing the numbers.wixsite.com slash website, juicing the numbers.com. And until Monday, y'all have a good one. Bye.